0: From the Backseat Football Podcast Again, another big weekend of Premier League football I am joined today, as usual, by Jack And today, we are going to run through the weekend's fixtures in the Premier League Liverpool finally turn up and ruin Pep's weekend Potter continues his magic at Chelsea Man United continue playing turgid football And Arsenal used up all of their nine lives away at Ellen Road against Leeds And we have the rest of the games that we are going to cover as well, as per usual Um, So Jack, how are we today? How are you?
1: very well thank you I enjoyed your summary that was off the cuff and it was very nice I particularly like Potter continues his magic run. did you like that, that was did good. you like that, that i levelling up that was sensationalist that was pure journalism
0: <laughs> we're finally getting into that journalist spectrum mate yes I'm, I'm proud to say after a couple of months you must be very
1: happy I'm very happy mate I've written a lot of notes on <laughs> yeah. What well, on paper is a 1-0 win but it was actually a really good game I don't think anyone can deny that it was the best 1-0 that I've seen for a while
0: a Seismic, seismic event in this season And maybe the f- kind of first big turning point In terms of this season And how things are going to go um, Yeah, a massive win for Liverpool um, Should we just jump straight in? Should we just go into it? I know you're gagging too
1: Yes mate, Liverpool one, Man City nil
0: mm-hmm.
1: I'll be honest mm-hmm. I was feeling bad about this game last week And I'm pretty sure I said I thought we were going to lose about 5-0 or 5-1 So there you go I did say curse the commentator I'm trying to I'm trying to manifest bad vibes so that the opposite happens and you're welcome you're welcome Klopp and Liverpool because it worked yeah, I think I mean when you saw that Milner was a right back and Joe Gomez a right centre back I was fearing Oof. the worst I was feeling very bad fearing the worst <laughs> I was thinking this is going to be a Foden lead bloodbath. bath going to get a hat trick Foden with three assists and it's going to be a nightmare but they were like they were unreal they both put in maybe the best performances in years potentially that might be slightly hyperbolic but that's how it genuinely felt Gomez in particular was absolutely immense so yeah
0: I have to completely agree when I saw Canate was injured a couple days before Man City before the game I was fearing the worst for Liverpool (laughs) I was like who are they going to put in at right back (laughs) obviously Jimmy Jimmy Milner was the the natural selection but yeah I was fearing the worst on that left-hand side but to their credit, to both of their credit, I thought they were fantastic. Yeah. Milner rolled back the years. Clearly, if you play him every two weeks, he's at the top of his game. He's a Rolls-Royce, Anything more Royce, than that, mate. maybe not.
1: He's a Rolls-Royce. He's old, and you can't use him every day, but he's still a Rolls-Royce on occasion. It was quite
0: funny seeing him up against Foden because yeah. of the age gap. It was experience versus exuberance. and yeah, Milner came off best, mate. I don't think Foden had anything during the game. No, no, he, he was kept at very all.
1: quiet. And I think a lot of credit... I mean, I could go through each player on the Liverpool team and give them a lot of credit, but I think in particular, I thought Jota and Elliot were excellent as the two wide midfielders. Mm-hmm. In what looked mm-hmm. like a 4-4-2 system, for quite a lot of it, their work ethic to track back and support the full-backs, you know, Jota was supporting Robertson constantly, and just making sure he was never isolated, and Elliot was doing a fantastic job doing the same. So Milner was never truly exposed because of the work that these two were doing it's on each true. track.
0: Um, I was really impressed with Elliot actually in his defensive side of the game
1: yes just his ability yeah, to track back to to cover Milner make sure he's never exposed but then also to just get the ball and just play it very very quickly and directly forward he, he was really yeah, good he's good at he's carrying it up the pitch isn't he excellent he was really really excellent so big performance from him no. um, what else I really liked that Liverpool basically played 4-4-2 and scored from a, from a goal kick and generally we just played long balls really early um, it really About to say, City. Um We went back to base. The long ball football.
0: Yeah, the long ball football was back. Van Dyke was pinging off the diagonal passes. It's like Prime Van Dyke from 2018, wasn't it? I know.
1: They didn't like it. City don't like it. It unnerves them. That's why they played free at the back, but it just meant that they just looked weird at times. There was so much space on the flanks. Like Foden was a wing back. Pep did, Pep, basically did it again. He did it again. I no, think he overthought it. And he, he overthought the winning it. system. Oh, it's how much this happens. It
0: so I think what he was thinking he was trying to target James Milner's side so Kevin De Bruyne was on the right hand side up against Robertson but Foden who was the other player trying to double up on Milner the whole game but Joe Gomez and and Milner to their credit just had them in their pocket so it made the whole kind of plan kind of it rendered it useless so to speak Um, because Kevin De Bruyne just ended up being isolated on the right and they were getting no joy on the left so they just had no penetration and I mean Van Dyke did really well as well marshalling Haaland the whole game. He did, I think yeah. He had that one chance with a with a half chance header.
1: Which he would normally um, bury, to be fair to him. So Haaland was slightly off it, I thought. Yeah, he is human, yeah. it turns out. If you just treat him as a yeah. normal an striker and don't be scared of him at all, he can be marshalled. <sighs> but I
0: think. I mean, not everyone has a Van Dyke. Eh? Well,
1: yeah, that's true. I think the key to stopping Haaland was actually nullifying De Bruyne, which Liverpool did really well. Just giving him no mm. space to do anything and he can't find Haaland and Haaland doesn't come looking for the ball so if you cut off the supply you can stop Haaland because the ball rarely gets to him. Yeah. That seems to be the I mean, best
0: that hit, that hit a chance that was probably the only link up between De Bruyne and Haaland of note during the game so I think that's a testament to Liverpool's defence and yeah just they marked him to a man you know they kind of it almost felt like Liverpool was just like right Guys, let's just break break it back down to basics. From the first minute, you guys were just shit all over the pitch, getting in their heads.
1: Very aggressive, Liverpool. Yeah, it, <laughs> very was, it was very it,
0: aggressive in the challenge.
1: It was back to back to like Klopp's football at its finest. It was just proper rock and roll football. It was aggressive. It was blood and thunder. It, there was a lot of fouls. I mean, there was one Thiago foul where probably could have been a red card. Admittedly, he does slip, but it's a proper two footer, which Thiago absolutely loves. That's why he came to the prem. So good on him. But, yeah. yeah.
0: Honestly, I think there was a challenge where Gomez comes in behind. like a, a over the top, the ball's coming to him and Foden, and he just bundles Foden over, and I really set the set the tone of the game. I think they got in City's players' heads early. Yeah, you know. And they were looking over their shoulder for the rest of the game. I saw Robertson do the classic Robo, shoving Bernardo Silva in the head in like the second minute, <laughs> just getting in their heads.
1: Yeah, it's um, funny you say that because Bernardo Silva absolutely lost his head at one point. Even Salah was squaring off after his foul on Salah. Yeah, yeah,
0: um, yeah. yeah. They looked just,
1: rattled, didn't they? I mean, I think. They looked really rattled. My favourite moment of the whole game, apart from the goal, was. <laughs> and we'll go into the disallowed goal but it's when the goal was disallowed and Pep just lost his mind <laughs> he was just like wringing oh. his hands like this and oh man I fucking loved that I loved that Pep lost his just shit. shouting this is Anfield and just swinging his hands about
0: <laughs> yeah he he's a, he's a tad obsessed isn't he isn't he old Pep about Anfield yeah, and Liverpool he, like he really really living in his head rent free um, I think he referenced this is Anfield in every single post-interview post, um, post after the match, in every conference, I'm pretty sure he'd reference, this is Anfield. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, it was it was a sight to see him losing his hand when he was whipping up the crowd like an orchestrator. And like, it's
1: funny. It just
0: backfired. It totally Why did he do that? yeah. It backfired massively. We scored
1: shortly after. The crowd was absolutely electric after that. Klopp got red cards. He got fully lost in the atmosphere classic, as well. Classic. I mean, it classic. was a blatant foul and... I can see why he was triggered, but also there's absolutely no need to go go sick at the linesman like that. He deserves his red card. Fair play, but let's just be lost honest, their heads yeah. at the end Klopp, day, it was, it Klopp a great is a
0: bit of a prick, isn't he? Klopp is a bit of a prick. Yeah, mate. We know that. Yeah, you know he, what I mean. He's, but
1: he's lovely, lovely, lovely until things start going against him, and then he's super spiky. But super spiky. But then I also, he wants to win, right? I also At also costs end of the day. Just so yeah, I
0: but I think that red card almost almost helped Liverpool on the pitch it sounds weird to say but it was in that last 10 minutes and it just kind of got the crowd back up and made sure that you saw it through to the end because obviously you had Jota's injury late into injury time which then made it a very nervy ending um, but yeah, you know, all the antics from the managers I think just helped get Anfield just riled up yeah. towards the end when maybe it could have just died down so it all just went right for Liverpool and it's a massive, you cannot you cannot understate how big a win this is because not only did you win 1-0 you know there's a clean sheet there you scored the first goal everything that we spoke about that you haven't been doing this season but to do it against Man City and to come out as deserved winners there was nothing fluky about this
1: no 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 You know? I mean there's one so contentious decision that's not that contentious but yeah it was it was a performance that I didn't think we had within us anymore to be honest and I, I really mm. hope that we can actually kick on now and you know reclaim the season because yeah title race is probably we're probably out of the title race already realistically but you know just getting back on track to to qualify for the Champions League and having a good run in in all of the cups the season doesn't have to be a failure just because we're we're 10th or 9th or wherever the fuck we are now there's still plenty of time to make it a good season
0: oh there's so much time there's so much teams at the top six everyone's going to drop points between now and and the end of the season even the World Cup's going to exacerbate this as well
1: exactly and
0: so it's all to play for. It's all to play for. You know, you can't, you can never discount Liverpool, and and I think this game showed why. On their day, uh, you know, he had a, a stupid amount of injuries going into this game as well. I know that they, you know, to an extent, had some injuries in their back line. but Liverpool had loads of loads and loads of injuries and players out of form. You know, so to pull this kind of performance it has to be credit to Klopp and you know the rest of his coaching team.
1: Hundred percent. It's just consistency now. Like, was this just a one-off? Because mm-hmm. there is something about playing City that motivates itself. Um. It's just a great rivalry. It's always a good game, similar to Liverpool Arsenal. You know there's girls in Liverpool Arsenal, but Liverpool City is always a good game. Even if there aren't the girls, there's the drama and the tension.
0: It's um, the quality as well. The quality yeah. of football is just so high. Um, it is a joy to watch. So, you know, we've praised Liverpool, we've admonished City. Let's get into the controversy, shall we? Yeah, I was about now, to say. Let's do it. I want to start because I've read, I've looked into this, obviously. And I've read that Anthony Taylor before the game briefed both managers and saying, I'm going to let the game flow. You know, he kind of let the managers know in advance how he was going to try and manage the game in terms of, you know, how he was going to let the game play out. And, and I think he did really well because there was a lot of, there was a lot of, you know, otherwise if he was going to break it up after every half hour, then it would be a horrible game. You had to, you have to let these kind of games flow. So from that perspective i can kind of understand why pep would be a bit annoyed about that var decision now let me make myself absolutely clear i think it is a foul you watch it back on var you he pulls them down but the argument is is how many of those fouls throughout the match happened without anything being called and i think that's probably where the the annoyance from peps come in there
1: yeah i think that's reasonable i think the key i think the key difference is that letting it flow means letting it flow but if anything of significance happens then you call it back right it's like having an advantage you let the foul go yeah. and you come back to it once the moves happen so I think inevitably if there's a foul and well, then it leads to a goal that's the reason that VAR is there this was VAR actually working quite well as opposed to you know drawing lines or magnifying on someone's shoulder and trying to work out as a handball this is just yeah it was a goal but it was a clear foul and had that foul not happened arguably the goal wouldn't happen so you can't let it slide, end of day. But yeah, I can see why he's annoyed. But that's the rules. It'll be more controversial no, if you let it yeah. stands. So it's clear foul.
0: Yeah, either eh? way, it was just going to be a controversial point. And I think, but I think that's a consequence almost of you know him, the referee, basically wanting to to, to ref it that way. I think then again, you know, we say every week there needs to be a bit more clarity. Um, but. You know, I'm certainly not sad to see. it. I'm kind of playing devil's advocate there. Mm. It was definitely a foul. He pulls he pulls Fabiño to the floor. Yeah, you know, and it's as clear as day on the VAR. I think any team had that goal gone against them, they would have been fuming. Exactly. Um, exactly.
1: I think it's just yeah. I think the ref did actually. He did well. Like letting it flow is good. The game wouldn't have been as interesting if he would called up after fouls. Sometimes he probably let things go that he shouldn't have. Um, but.
0: I think that's the problem, isn't it? He let too many things go. So when it came to that, it's like, well, you let everything else because go. Because there
1: were thousand there but, that were solid yellow cards. That in other games, oh are, oh, are being called up.
0: If it was Champions League, it would be like four players sent off in each. Yeah, in each yeah. Pitch, yeah, yeah. Each I pitch mean, there was too. even
1: like a little bit of handbags at one point, a little bit of shoving. So it was very loose. But when big when big moments happen, you have to actually quality check them. I think that's fair enough.
0: And I wonder if like that worked in Liverpool's favour because I do feel like from the get-go they were in, they were in Man City's face. Um, you know, you've got a very aggressive Anfield crowd behind you who bloody hate City. The rivalry's just getting more and more juicy as, as years go by. Mm. Um, yeah, so it really played to Liverpool's strengths and, you know, they took advantage of it and City had no answer. And maybe this is the blueprint to beat City. I, don't, I appreciate not every team can, can do it, but maybe if you just go toe-to-toe with them. And just start launching it over their midfield. Well, yeah, mate. <laughs> you might have um, more joy against them. Newcastle
1: did it earlier in the season. They pressed them really aggressively with like four players in their half at all times, and yeah. got a draw from what I remember. So that's the only way to play. City. if you let them play you, then they're going to beat you. You have to try and disrupt them and attack them, and get in their heads, and be brave. I mean, it could mm-hmm. it could it could go really badly, right? But I just enjoyed us sitting back and just just pumping it long and just frustrating them. I've been crying out for this. Yeah, I was playing the high line for the sake of it, and then having the reverse happen to you it was nice to be on the, the counter-attacking end of things for once as opposed to the victim
0: no absolutely and Liverpool were really patient there was so many times they would just pass it in between the the goalie the full-back the centre-back the goalie the full-back the centre-back and slowly Man City players would drift in as they naturally are inclined to do and yeah VVD would just ping it Yeah, he's got a good ping on him isn't he he's yeah, got he a lovely really ping does. on him he's underrated
1: passer of <laughs> the ball when he's on well, form honestly he he's excellent at switching the ball um,
0: and it was always always go to that right hand side and I do want to mention him because I thought he had a fantastic game minus the goal he Mo Salah
1: oh mighty Mo the king is back what a player four goals he played so he well got, 90 minutes of football because he had what 20 minutes midweek and about 70 minutes or well, 80 minutes of this one so yeah. yeah four goals in two yeah. games he's looking he's looking hot
0: looking um, sharp he looks like he's got the bit between his teeth he, he gave that right hand side an absolute walloping
1: and um, I think you know I'm not
0: even sure who, who they had on the left was it
1: Sergio Gomez for City
0: I don't even no, know who.
1: no so they had Ake Akanje and
0: it was a back three wasn't it was it? Free, it was a back three yeah he's proper over four isn't he he's proper over four I mean
1: Cancelo had his worst game <laughs> which was compounded by oh, that pirouette that Sala yeah. played around him for the goal he was thinking like why have you moved Cancelo who's in this majestic form from left to right it's very disruptive it's very unnecessary and yeah Cancelo had a stinker Salah had a stinker you never felt like Salah was going to miss that second one on one did you I mean the first time was one of the best saves no. I think I've ever seen and yeah you just felt confident I do feel like he one. should have
0: squared it on the first one there I were, have to say
1: well there was a few moments where Salah should have squared it there are a few Jota headers that Jota should have done better with but there's one man who I want to pick out for what was one of the wildest mm. cameos from the bench and that star with Dunez. He should have played Salarin <laughs> at least twice and he chose to shoot. And yeah, it, his it was pretty criminal, is. some of the decision making. And also the shots were horrendous. They were so bad. But then he also ran the channels really well, like he outpaced a lot of people. He was generally like a threat. He's just so rough, isn't he? Such a rough diamond. There's bitch. He's an there enthusiastic man. Yeah. But goodness me, there's a lot of work that needs to be done as well. But I enjoyed it. There is know. some work. He's a talking point. Yeah.
0: The problem is is like had they had had City got an equaliser, then everyone would be fuming at Darwin Nunes, but you can you can forgive him. I think he's just eager. He's eager to score at Anfield yeah. and get the love and you know I think it's the goal sc- it's you know, it's the same with Mo, it's the same with Yotter, it's the same with Nunes. They all just want to score. Yeah. Um there's no Dennis Bergkamp about them, but they'll just choose to pass him it's the right move. But goodness me sometimes you just wish that they did. But uh, yeah, yeah, I think Jurgen Klopp said it best with Salah. He said he'll miss one, but there's no way he'll miss two. And yeah, the second time, there was no, no chance. No. It really was reminiscent. Do you remember when Alisson pinged it against Man U? Yes, mate. Salah? It was
1: carbon copy. And actually, carbon copy. I've got a great stat for you and for the listeners. So Allison now has the same number of career Premier League goal contributions as Joe Gomez. Four.
0: Wow. Wow. Four assists for a keeper is pretty good, isn't it?
1: Mate, three assists and a goal. One.
0: <laughs>
1: oh yeah,
0: Gomez has got four ah. assists.
1: So he's got more goals than Joe Gomez. Allison, he is a proper modern sweeper keeper. He's phenomenal, and I'm a big fan. He really is. Uh, there
0: was a little, a little battle there, wasn't there, between the two keepers? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because obviously they're both vying for that number one spot going into the World Cup for Brazil. So there's just so many little sub stories and sub-plots that play out when it's ever City versus Liverpool. Agreed. And it really opens up the league as a whole, doesn't it? It if you actually look makes at the things table. more
1: interesting. And we'll get on to the, the... I'd say the biggest benefactors of this whole game we'll get on to next. Um, I just want to ask your opinion <laughs> on Joe Gomez and Harvey Elliott. Do you think they're an outside shout for the World Cup? Now that Reese James is out and many English centre-backs are just having I think Gomez... Form?
0: If Gomez continues getting a run in the team, he has to at be right in contention. has to be in contention. Like My only concern is, is like Southgate because obviously he had that little tiff with Raheem Sterling do you remember mm. the last time he was in an England camp that's true and I just worry that because Southgate hasn't called him up since then it might just be a little bit too late for him but like you say the Reese James injury is not looking good yeah, <laughs> it's I not looking it's, good, good breath. Kyle Walker is going to be a race against time as well you don't want to be going with bloody Harry Maguire, Tyrone. Do you know what I mean? Like he's really out-of-form play. I'd be criminal on Southgate part if he doesn't especially even at least consider going in. He can always ben be a
1: backup left back and right back. He's serviceable across across the board.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, I don't. I don't want to sit here and say he is for sure. But, but if it was me, he has to be in my thinking, he's, especially after he's back in contention that performance.
1: No, because I, I to wasn't be. even thinking about it until a week ago. But. It was a hell of a performance and Elliot Elliot's looking really good understatedly good and it's probably too early Again, for him but
0: I just think it's a bit too early for Elliot but if he continues this then next summer he's getting called up yeah you know like he'll be part of the next squad's after the World Cup I imagine Elliot 100% he's on that pathway and I don't think he needs he needs to play without pressure he just needs to continue doing what he's doing at the moment Elliot yeah I agree and he'll, he'll get there in no
1: time I agree alright let's move on so Leeds nil, Arsenal one. Arsenal, the biggest benefactors oh. of Liverpool beating Man City, I'd say. And Arsenal oh, yes. are now they've now had their best ever start to a Premier League season. And the last four teams It's
0: quite shocking that, isn't it? The last four teams, never...
1: to start with nine wins for ten, have all won the league. What do you say to that? Uh... What can you say to that? Oh
0: you know what? Like part of me wanted to get excited post man City Liverpool result, but four points isn't a big gap I still think City have got enough to to turn this around quite easily as well yeah I mean I just as long as this continues I'm happy I can't sit here with a straight face and say we deserve to win this match like we really didn't really didn't deserve to win this match (laughs) Um, Leeds just decided to just play Russian roulette themselves and yeah blew their brains out it's crazy it is crazy Um, and yeah we we've just I think there's some caveats with our performance on this one, which I'm going to list out as an Arsenal apologist. We did travel back from like the deep depths of the Arctic Circle after our Europa League exertions on Thursday. Um, and we did play quite a few of our first team players which played at Ellen Road on Sunday. That was going, so to, do that was that going that to be my question.
1: Um, how much rotation goes on in the Europa League? Because I don't watch them, so I have no idea.
0: Well, the interesting thing Europa League is... I think we're going to field a stronger team than we would have preferred um, purely because if you get second in the group there's an extra two games when you go to the knockout where Mm -hmm. you have to play the Champions League third seeded teams in the groups so I understand to go strong in the group stage because then you eliminate two extra fixtures in what is already an overloaded season Um, but I mean Martin Odegaard for example was really off it uh, on Sunday and you know he played It's, it's it's you could feasibly say all of the players looked off it by the second half they looked knackered um, and we we'd reverted the problem the problem with what happened with Leeds is they made us play Leeds' game
1: mm.
0: we stopped playing our own game we dropped deep uh, Martinelli just was out of the game Gabriel Jesus clearly needs a break he looked knackered um, I think he's just come back from injury or he had like a minor injury in the week so there are some caveats but I think we'd actually hands up and have to say Leeds played amazing um, they were relentless and they probably should have won three or four one. It was just one of those days where Ramsdale was superb when he needed to be. We were very lucky with the penalty, with Bam- which Bamford dragged wide, and the VAR decisions were. <laughs> it was like an angel was looking out for us. Yeah, I mean, Couldn't believe it.
1: There's been a lot of Arsenal fans over the, over this season saying there's a bias against Arsenal in terms of VAR refereeing decisions. I'm not seeing it. If I'm honest, I think it's the other way. I think Arsenal get very lucky with a lot of decisions this season, and it's all Poor kind of too. falling into place and. I'm interested to hear you say that they were tired already because I feel like Arsenal always have the same starting eleven, bar the right-back, basically. And I do wonder mm. if the team's going to run out of steam around March and just kind of capitulate like last season. Because there is a yeah, lack of rotation exactly. in the Prem. And I don't think you can get away with that, especially when you've got two games a week every single week to the World Cup. Maybe he's banking on the World Cup being a breather for some of them. But it seems I risky so, to me. think so, but
0: then also... You know, like, players that before weren't going to get called up, Ben White, Gabriel Jesus was a risk, Martinelli wasn't looking... Now, with Richarlison getting that calf injury, you know, suddenly all these players look like they might be going to the World Cup. And even if they don't play and they're not starters, just the whole exertion, and let's say they have a crushing disappointment, Brazil going in as the number one contenders, you know, is that going to mentally affect Gabriel Jesus? Because last time he was at a major tournament with Brazil, I believe he got slated by Brazilians because he didn't score. Mm. Um, cause it's a bit like England playing for Brazil isn't it the expectation is so high and then to come back and let's say you've had a shit tournament to, to mentally get yourself up and you know continue yeah it's just it's going to be a hard season and I think when you put all of those together and our lack of rotation which you rightly pointed out I think it's still a big ask to say you know we should be challenging for the title
1: I think you should just prioritise just, just play the kids in the Europa League just honestly just go for it you're in such a good position now I know it's early, mm. but nine wins from ten is ridiculous. And if I was an Arsenal fan, I'd be disappointed that I'm not playing City this week, because there's never going to be a better time for you to yeah. play them than right now. And having yeah. it postponed means 100% you're going to be in worse form, and they're going to be in better form going into that. So that's that's a shame, because yeah. they seem vulnerable right now, especially mentally. Like pe- Pep will 100% overthink that game on Wednesday.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I still don't think they've decided the date. And it's like, you look at our schedule, I just don't know if it can happen this side of the World Cup. I don't, uh, yeah, so yeah, I think it's in is, the new year it's now. really That's what I
1: understand. So that's a yeah. shame. But on a more positive note, Saka, what a goal, what a finish. Four goals in three games. Honestly, the confidence of this guy to to kind of take it yeah. down at such a narrow angle on your weaker foot and just slam it into the top corner. Oh, not even the, not the top finish. corner, the roof of the net. It was... We talk about Reese James yeah. being the best sort of near post top bins finisher but Saka's definitely up there now.
0: That's up there. You know, we we said he's had a slow start to the season but, you know, if you look at his goal involvements and just just the Prem alone four goals, four assists in ten games I mean, that's, that's good stuff, mate.
1: That's yeah, good stuff. He's, he's not, picking up the slack as well for Jesus because Jesus has come off a bit Martinelli might be slowing down. Yeah, It's nice. Yeah. All, all of the front three contribute at different times it's, and that's how you keep going in the season.
0: It's balanced. I think with Saka he's not He's never been the prettiest player. He's not like Foden, where technically he is like next level and he's just a joy to watch. But he does get like the end product. Um, you know, he always his decision making. I think is elite for someone his age. He always makes the right pass. He always he never slows down attacks. Do you know what I mean? I agree. He's just he's such a good young prospect. He's a perfect he's modern player better and better. But he's surprisingly
1: yeah. unflashy. He's just ruthlessly efficient. Um, and also he's also just a lovely guy at 20
0: yeah he is I'd say a lot of the the good faith like it all started with Saka when he got parachuted by Unai Emery mm. <laughs> as a 17 year old like the ascendancy has happened since he's been introduced to the team you cannot understate his influence on his team um, yeah I just love I fucking love Pakao Saka what a goal what a hit <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah mate I love Pakao Saka everyone loves Pakao Saka apart from the racists mm. and they're racists apart from the racists so they racist. can get fucked yes.
0: They can get fucked.
1: Right. Really. Let's talk about some controversy because there was a lot. Um, Rodrigo, what a fucking weird crossfield ball that was for the goal. Oh, that was lucky. Half time. That was weird. Little, uh, don't know what he was thinking. No, I think his hot streak is well and truly over now for the season, and that's the end of that. It was a good run, oh, though.
0: I don't think he'll be getting into the starting 11 anytime soon. Yeah,
1: and then um, Patrick Bamford. Get- his goal was disallowed. He scored a goal right oh, after half-time, just disallowed. disallowed for a oh, foul. I
0: forgot about this. Personally, oh, I, forgot about this. I don't
1: think it's a foul. I don't honestly think there's anything wrong with it. Um, because you see fouls given for like throwing people around in the box, but a like, bit of bit contact, it's pretty normal. Put it this way, it would never be a foul anywhere apart from in the box. And therefore, I don't see how it should be a foul. So I thought that was very... It was, Fortuitous.
0: It was weird. It was he, was... he was looking for it. And the thing is, the VAR... Anyway, the VAR replays that I saw didn't seem very conclusive that there was a major foul. No. Um, but, hey, it was given. Awesome, <laughs> it was mate. given. Also, awesome. at fan. the
1: moment. It's got away with a few things in recent games. I'm still upset about Gabrielle's yeah. handball. With every week, I get more annoyed. The handball gets Well, actually... Because, I want to say uh, something to
0: wind you up even more about that game. Apparently, Saka... They didn't VAR check for the first goal because the system was down.
1: Was he offside? They, they, they couldn't do lines just like they usually for do. For fuck's sake.
0: So, you know, maybe that first minute goal could have been ruled out as well. So, yeah, we are riding our luck at the moment. Um, awesome. And thank God that, you know, because the game got postponed for 40 minutes while they set up VAR, didn't it? And thank God they did because
1: we needed it that game. Must be nice. Must be nice having uh, the referees, uh, you know, make sure everything's in line to give you these advantages.
0: Mate, Don Edu is in the in referees association's <laughs> pocket because I agree. I was watching this game and like even I was like, This is this is insanely in our favour. Like every decision's going our going our way. Yeah.
1: And then when the decision um, finally went against you was Saliba's handball, which was absolutely stone wall in my book. By by the yeah. letter of law, I still don't like it, but it's clear as day. Um, he
0: knew as well Bamford, he did like a little hop, skip and jump I
1: couldn't believe it oh, Bamford no. missed I mean I feel for this guy so much we really like Bamford on this podcast
0: friend of the pod
1: big friend of the pod and to see him have a goal disallowed for basically nothing and then to miss a penalty by the finest of margins oh man and he played really well the irony. he was really good what
0: I will say is I don't have a lot of sympathy because he did try and get Gabriel sent off at the end so Deserved you it. reap what you sow Bamford you reap what you sow I have to say that
1: was a, yeah the Gabriel red card was just a weird set of decisions to be honest because it seemed like a clear well, foul then it seemed like he lashed out I don't know what the rules are anymore because if I run over to someone I just push them over and they lash out at me because they're so shocked it feels harsh to then give them the red card because they're the victim and they're just defending themselves but it was just yeah well weird. I think the way it
0: played out is. They didn't see the initial Bamford foul. They yeah. just saw Gabriel on the floor raising. Oh, I don't know why he's done that in the box yeah. in the 90th minute. He's livid. He's livid. Yeah, he, honestly, you know, I was defending him a lot and he was saying maybe he needs to get dropped for a bit. And now I'm starting to kind of err to your camp because, you know, had that not got overturned, that is, like, keep your head for five minutes or two minutes or however long. Like, it's insane. What's he doing sticking both his legs up like that in the box? It's... You're, 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 risk,
1: you're risking it. I'm <laughs> telling you, Gabriel, he's, he's a bit of a risk. I still He's a bit of a
0: nutter. I mean,
1: I, back I would put Tomiyasu as my first player pick because I'm super biased. I'm pro Tomiyasu. Well, interestingly, Tomiyasu
0: for Japan does play as a left-sided centre-back. So he, he can do it.
1: Boom. There you go, mate. Get him
0: in. He can do it. And he had a good game again. You know, a lot of the problems came from the right-hand side. And actually, I want to say Sinistera was causing us unfathomable problems in that first half we did not know how to deal with him and, you know Ben White has been solid this season but he was struggling
1: he was struggling He's not, not a actual right White. back so it will happen I think is the is mm. the crux of it but end mm. of the day Arsenal ground out another win Leeds are their own worst enemy and they continue to play well and not get any points and
0: bit of a worry no wins and six now for Leeds
1: yeah that's not great I don't feel like they're even doing that much wrong I feel like Jesse Marsh is no. doing a fine job to be honest surpassing expectations no. but not getting any any luck just just not it's getting a like the Palace greatest. isn't it yeah but yeah. this can only go on I for agree.
0: so long yeah but I mean on paper again a squad it looks good you know like I've come out of that I'm thinking we were lucky probably the only game even the Man United lost we probably played better in that loss then we did against Leeds, like Man United hit us with kind of free breaks, to be perfectly honest with you, whereas Leeds were just creating chance after chance and yeah. It's rare to see Saliba look so shaky.
1: It could be that this is now the really rocky period for Arsenal, because you can't just keep winning games, it's not normal. Only City can put together like fourteen wins on the belt. So this could be the start of a s- very hairy period for Arsenal. A lot of scrapping. I'm gonna results. stick my
0: neck out. Yeah, well, you know what? As a whole, I think in this build up to the World Cup and the fact the schedule is so stacked for the top teams I think the quality of football is just going to go down anyway I think a lot of teams are going to be very very scrappy for, until the World Cup because mm. A I almost feel like the players who know that they've got a spot on the plane or pretty much nailed on are almost holding back a little bit because you're seeing people like Reese James go down Richarlison's got an injury like mentally you're probably thinking okay it's just like less than a month now I've just got to keep myself fit Yeah. so like mentally are you going to play at that same commitment level I just don't know I just don't know. It's it's a tough Um, one.
1: It's a tough one because you would hate that if you overexert just for one singular moment and then you're out of the World Cup. I mean, Reese James is mm, a travesty. It's crushing. a travesty. Crushing. Um,
0: Yeah, like Reese James, for example. Absolute travesty.
1: Well, speaking of teams who uh, know how to grind out unpleasant results, Tottenham 2, Everton 0. Last game, then break because we can bang this one out pretty quick. I like that. I like that. Listen. Everyone's been stating Conte and saying he plays horrible boring football and Tottenham are rubbish and all this stuff. They've got the same number of points as Man City after ten games and this is their best I ever start to a season. I think everyone's I been know. really unfair, it turns out. It just shows put that some the, respect on his name. The aesthetics of football are more important than the results until you look back. Until you get to March. Mm. How the team plays is more important to fans. And I think this proves that. Mm. Because this is the best Tottenham have ever done, technically. And yet they're not that happy about it, the fans. Maybe they're coming around now, but... It's, it's very not, muted, isn't it? A lot more grumbles than, you know, I don't know, Tim Sherwood football, where they win one in two. but they have Or potch football, yeah. where
0: they look pretty, but ultimately don't hit the heights that they're hitting now.
1: So, you know, I agree. He's doing a good job. Um wasn't like the most interesting game. I think the main controversy was the penalty for Kane. Start with the good bits. I think it was a pen. I think it was a
0: pen, but we'll come on to that, yeah.
1: Thirtieth penalty goal for Kane, fourth player in the Prem to reach that landmark. Wow. He he's gonna to be me. top by the time he retires. Especially the <laughs> rate he's going. So yeah, onto the actual pen. I thought it was a dive personally. I thought it was a really good dive.
0: Mate, like I said, we said it last week. I almost feel like it, we are we are Mystic Mac because we said it literally as it as it happened. He is incredibly good at diving and getting away with it.
1: Yeah, because it makes you question it, but I thought it was definitely a dive. Like, he goes down. He like was going down shit. anyway. Yeah.
0: He goes down anyway, and there was a little nibble. I think I think initially, the I think it was Cody, like, slightly touched his ankle. He was going down, but then Pickford's big head hit his thigh. Um, and yeah, I mean, you have to give it, don't you? There was enough contact there. But he's looking for it. Yeah. He is looking for it. Like, as soon as, as contact, he time. flopped.
1: He's completely flopped. I mean, around the pitch, people can ride challenges and carry on. As soon as there was contact, he was gone. Just like
0: a... No, it's, it's, this is what I mean. Like People are, are wising up to it more and more. Yeah. you know, like, Everyone agrees Like he's Mr England, so he's untouchable. No one will say anything. And I think that is a point of contention. Whether or not that's absolutely true, I can't say for sure. Um, but I just think, like we said last week, I stand by this. This is my this is my perspective. He's just incredibly good at that side of the game as a centre forward. He's
1: a master of many arts. He's a master of winning pens and conversing pens. And... It might win England a World Cup, so you know what? If he was on my team, I wouldn't have a problem. It's a, it's a bit annoying. He's one of them. Fucking, yeah. he's really good at it. It's not like can we just say like Drogba back in the day or Suarez?
0: No, no, he's he's probably been working his diving. To be honest, because that's part and parcel of his penalty routine. Um, Can I just say that Pickford gave it such a good go to try and save it, though. I think Pickford knows better than any keeper in the world where Harry Kane's going to place it. 100%. And he did so well, man. He almost had it, but... It's just too good, bro. It's just too good, Harry Kane. Hits it too hard, and he's too too accurate.
1: Yeah, his his pens are a joke. They're actually a joke. Um, Okay, Everton's finishing. Pretty shit again. There's some big chances in the first half. Like, Gray had a yeah I'd say like a reasonable chance Saka would have buried it it's easier the Saka's finish <laughs> Inanna had a very yeah. very nice chance both of them just yeah. ballooned over oh. and you think like you've got to get at least the shots on target when you do get these I rare think- opportunities and it's just Everton again fluffing the little things that they have to work with and sort of reverting back to being just a bit rubbish yeah goal.
0: I think Gray had to square it to Malpay for that one as well. Yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. know why, but I swear people square it less. I remember when I started watching football when I was a youngster and squaring it was pretty normal. Like Bergkamp would always square it's it if ultimate the parking Perez would do it as well. I know, but like surely in your Everton situation you you put aside personal glory and you'll just go one nil up. I wonder right? if goal bonuses sure, just got weird. out of
1: control now. And
0: this is it. I wonder what's changed because I am seeing people square it less and less, right? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I, I they need agree. to
0: incentivise assists more for the playmakers like all the wingers because it just doesn't make any sense like surely an assist is better than just ballooning it over anyway in Gray's perspective
1: yeah I agree I don't know I don't know I have no answer um, I think my favourite moment of the match though was there was a there was a cross to Harry Kane and he hit it on the volley he hit it so hard and so sweetly and then Pickford oh, yeah. saves it with just like a big paw out of nowhere and just bats it away Like volleyball, and I thought that visually was just a great all-round bit of football because it's like the volley was equal to how good the save was. I just really enjoyed it; I thought it was great. But that was basically my highlight. After that, it was all pretty, pretty standard. Yeah, Spurs in control. Um, Nice to see Basuma come on. He changed the game with that enforced substitution. Gave Spurs a lot more control in the middle. He's biting into challenges and feels like that's probably a happy accident that's going to stay for the foreseeable.
0: Well, remember we said that Conte actually called him out and said he needs to work on his defensive side of the game, um, maybe a month ago. So, you know, to his credit, Conte—he's a—he's a—he's a taskmaster and a bit of an overseer, but he does know how to get the best out of modern footballers, um, and they respect him as well, don't they? Of course. They really respect him. You know, he's a disciplinarian, and uh, yeah, I don't think we'll ever we'll ever see people slate Conte in the same way that maybe other managers get slated. Um, because he commands respect as a leader doesn't play the nicest football for sure but gets the results and that's all you can ask for especially in Spurs' position coming off of Nuno Santo
1: well he yeah. shite yeah that in hindsight was such a weird appointment in between Mourinho and Conte to go Oh, ultimate turgish football but without the winning mentality it was a weird rabbit hole to go down I know I know he was like their 10th choice in the end and they wanted Conte but fuck me that was weird
0: Mm, seems like a lifetime ago now, doesn't it? Considering where Spurs are,
1: yeah, agrees. But yeah, Conte doing a great job, and Spurs just look really solid. Most teams, I almost feel like, with being them,
0: with exactly with Spurs, they've almost got no pressure because everyone's talking about Arsenal City, but Spurs are right up there mm-hmm. and they can just carry on chugging out and grinding out these wins. So, yeah, it's going to be an interesting one. Okay. Could we see a North London 1 2 at the end of the season? Oh, my goodness oh my goodness that would be crazy that
1: would be ridiculous and you would as an Arsenal fan I don't think you want to see that because I'd back Conte oh, to get I, over the line one way or another right.
0: uh, well I mean if anything's top four race to go by last season that's so, what I'd I mean oh, that'd be <laughs> horrific i would be begging City to catch up if, if Tottenham look like they're, they're threatening I'll be like fuck it just give up the title just give it to City yeah. <laughs> just don't, don't let this is. happen <laughs> don't let this happen goodness
1: Right then, let's take a little break. Then when we're back, we'll round up the rest of the games. And we are back. Straight into Chelsea 2, Aston Villa-Neal, the Mason Mount show. Mason Mount... Mason Mount is actually so good at football. I just want to put it out there. I know that people got annoyed because he was Gareth Southgate's son and he was Frank Lampard's son. And that was quite a custody battle, but he's actually so good at football. And (laughs) he scored two goals in this game. Generally looked immense. He basically can play anywhere he wants. He plays at a Cam this game. He plays as a right winger for England. He plays as fucking left wing Mm -hmm. back. Mm -hmm. He's basically like the modern James Milner in that he can do everything, but technically he is superb. And I'm a big fan of Mason Mount And I like to see it I like to see England players Hitting some form Ahead of the World Cup um,
0: Yeah I never really understood the flack About him being Gareth Southgate's son Because I mean It just goes to show that Every manager he's played under Really rates him Which I think is just a sign of a good like, Always the best players Are the ones that always get picked Under any manager Even if fans question it I remember Jorginho for example There was a period Where he was always getting picked People don't understand why turns out because he's a bloody good you know he was bloody good and bloody effective at what he needed to do and Mason Mount's the same it's one of those me. isn't it um, but it is nice if you take him out of the team back.
1: you probably notice him more when he's not there because everyone else drops off a bit he's, he's one of those players like with Busquets yeah. people at Busquets was rubbish for years and now everyone's come around to the idea that actually he is one of the best players of all time don't still fully understand why hmm. or how hmm. but you just notice him when he's not there
0: Apparently he does the simple things well but I guess Mount is the same. Like Mount is just he's a bit of Jack of all trades but he's elite at everything, isn't he? Like the free kick kind of kind of showed it as well. Yeah. Just simple I mean, stuff.
1: What I will say is that Villa actually played really well um in this game. I'd say they outplayed Chelsea on balance. Yeah. But they too. just have no threat. They at have least no now. threat in front of goal. That's no change as always. And then the defensive errors, oh my god. Like the first, the first goal, Criminal. six minutes in, you're like, right, keep it tight. We won't do anything stupid. Means just goes for a normal header, just heads it backwards, like a looping header backwards into his own box for no reason. Then Mount just finishes it, and it was terrible. And so, I, in my head, I'm like, please don't bring this guy on the plane, Gareth. Don't do it. We don't need that. We don't need that. <sighs> All the centre backs at the moment are having terrible form for England. Like, Tavori got sent off, Maguire's rubbish, John is injured, they're just dropping like flies, but don't bring Mings, Mings is also rubbish.
0: Yeah, if Mings, if Mings is on the plane, then we may as well just, just give up on the World Cup, do <laughs> you know what I mean? And also give up on Southgate, because how is he not watching what we're watching? And also, Gareth Southgate, I believe, was there in the stand that day. Was he? Um, watching that performance, yeah, so... I mean, I don't know how many times we need to see Mings fuck up for him just not to be in in contention. Maybe he should have gone to Man City Liverpool and watched Joe Gomez's performance.
1: Yeah, probably probably didn't see that one. Um, And then, of course, Mings being Mings, when he has a bad game, he is very noticeable. This is what I was saying way back when. The thing I don't like about Mings is that you notice him a lot, and I don't think that's a good thing for a centre-back. And so when he's bad, it's really obvious. And he gave away the free kick for the second goal, which... Okay, that's fine. He gave away a foul. The free kick wasn't that good. It was weird because maybe it was one of those sort of Ronaldo style goals where it goes one way and then it goes the other because he's hit it. He's hit it a certain way. Yeah,
0: Ebi Martinez has had a shocker.
1: Replay, that, yeah. Martinez just wrong foots himself, but it still only goes slightly, slightly past him in the middle of the goal as well.
0: Yeah, he, as soon as he took that step to his right. He wasn't able to revert himself back to that original position and make the save, but it almost just looked like yeah. he gave up. I think with, with goalies, a lot of it is like at least look like you're trying to save it. He kind of just took a step to the right, realized it's going to the left, and just fell to his fell onto his back. Really, cool. um, which is strange from Emmy Martinez. He has dropped he off really a lot. Has. He
1: really has. and in terms of his story arc, if you look at the opposition goalie. He is, he is on some sort of redemption renaissance uh, mission.
0: Nope. I deserve, I deserve an apology from you. What did I say last week?
1: Oh, I can't remember, mate. I'm going to have to listen to the episode. Definitely wasn't the Keppers going to be really good. I
0: said Keppers going to be number one. And you scoffed. You all scoffed. And I think he's nailed on to be number one now. I think this, this might be
1: Graham, Graham Potter's greatest ever work so far.
0: Whoever is goalkeeping coaches needs to get, needs to get nabbed, to be yeah. perfectly honest with you. Because um, he, he's done wonders with at Brighton, and he's also done wonders now with Kepa. Kepa looks like a 70 mil keeper. Kepa had a blind eye. Kepa
1: was so good in this game. There was one save against Danny Ings, like a bullet header, that was genuinely world class. He had a triple save. The only caveat I have with the triple save is that Acer are shit at finishing. And so when they do shoot a goal, they shoot in sort of areas that are quite saveable they don't you know Harry Kane doesn't give you a chance and most Salah doesn't give you a chance generally they'll kind of shoot at a nice height sort of straight so playing Villa can make you look better than you are I'm thinking like Mignolet or Pickford and players like that or even Ramsdale they would have all also had a blinder in this game potentially however it is Kepa
0: <sighs> no not that triple save that triple save was world class doesn't matter what team you play against that was unreal from him unreal from him like, oh, I was so naughty. The first one, the th- one they dive right
1: to his bottom that was right. A really good one. Oh, he was just, really good. Such a good save. It's just such disturbing a good save. Me. It's and disturbing me how this is possible.
0: I think Chelsea looked vulnerable, though. For all the praise that we're going to give to Potter, I mean, they ground out the 2 0 win, but I do feel Rhys James is going to be a big I agree. loss for them. because it's just, Obviously, it's going I mean, to be a big loss.
1: I feel like he's their best player, personally. Um, so it's a massive loss for him massive loss for England and it's like last season where they lost Rhys James for a period and they lost Chilwell they dropped a lot of points during that period they're very reliant on the wing backs well they were under Tuchel anyway mm. so yeah
0: there's no obvious successor as, as- P. I just don't think Azpi's I mean, got the legs yeah, I mean do it it's like days. the drop
1: off of Trent at his peak to Milner I know Milner had a a majestic game, but it's still quite a big drop off in terms of what you get.
0: You can't ask that of him for three days or three well, twice a week for the next six weeks, don't you? know what I mean? Like maybe in isolation. Maybe we could see Cucurella as an inverted fullback a la Solid oh, march at Brighton.
1: Potter's that got might a plan, be a... mate.
0: Yeah, if anyone's gonna do it with wing backs it's you know, possible, isn't it? So, lots yeah, to yeah, cheek is gonna to
1: become a right wing back again. And just go steaming up and down that flank. That's what I imagine Connor Gallagher. Just anyone <laughs> it doesn't matter. He's got a plan. Yeah,
0: that's a good point. It's, a, it's an opportunity for some others to step yeah, up I agree yeah, Chelsea I mean,
1: Chelsea got they took their chances but Villa probably have themselves to blame for getting nothing they made mistakes they didn't take their chances and Chelsea are just better than them end of the day um, quick word on Gerrard what do you reckon it's a weird one because you feel like he's making he's making improvements like they're playing better and they picked up a few points recently but their football is just awful and I think until he plays or he has actual wingers that provide genuine width and make space in the middle they're just going to be the same they're just so compact and narrow they try and play through teams but they're not good enough to do it so
0: yeah worried about him I just don't think he has the ideas on how to improve it I think at this point and he's had more than enough time like Dean Smith wasn't given this much time so you can't really sit here and justify Gerard. no no
1: I, I think I think he's done but I think If Villa want to fix it, they need to bring in at least one winger. So, Bailey on one side and an actual winger on the other. Just accept that Buendia or Coutinho didn't work. And then, yeah.
0: Mm. I mean, Coutinho is suffocating Buendia, their record side. It's just, it's a mess, isn't it? They haven't brought in the person. They're they're just stacked Um, in all these
1: sort of intricate playmakers who play in front of you. But you need wingers to provide width. Like, Arsenal's main thing... Is uh, yeah, mm. both. but anyway, enough on that. Shall we move on? All right, on to the next one. So, Fulham 2, Bournemouth 2. It's a good game, actually. Good game. Um, where to start? So, I think both teams will be slightly disappointed with this in that it seemed like a winnable game for both, and that's big credit to Bournemouth of how far they've come. So, a point doesn't really do either of them a favour, but. The Solanke-Billing combo for the first goal was truly special. Yeah. And they are the key players for Bournemouth this season yeah. now. And their partnership is big credit to Gary Neil because he's moved Billing into an attacking midfield position to get him closer to Solanke. And there's real chemistry between them now. Um, they're bringing the best out of each other, which is really nice to see. Solanke has now got three assists and a goal in his last two Premier League games. And he looks he looks dangerous at this level. He looks ready to be a Premier League player now.
0: I agree. I agree. He was phenomenal yesterday. Um and that finish, the first touch finish was, oh, was naughty. And it was um it came in fast. You know, it was very much a kind of reaction kind of finish, which only the top strikers can really do. Um Yeah. But I mean to go to Fulham Away, which we know is a hard well, from from the small sample size of the season, is a, a hard game. So to get a two two draw is very creditable on Bournemouth's part. Um, maybe lucky to to even have lost that, really, on paper. then On balance, I think they, they probably could have edged that. So they might even have gone home disappointed, which I never thought I would have said.
1: I think they will be disappointed because the equalising goal was a penalty by Mitrovic and it was a lot of tussling in the box, very similar to what happened last mm. week with... Um, who was it? Was it someone for Forest against West Ham? I can't remember. But someone... Was like no, it was Andreas Pereira,
0: wasn't it? Against West Ham.
1: <laughs> oh my God, it was Fulham again, yes. Yeah, it was Fulham. And just, just grappling with someone and then getting sent off giving away a penalty. And so the reverse happened in this game. But I think this is setting a really dangerous precedent because they're both grappling each other. And if you're going to penalise the defender every time there's grappling, there's going to be a mm-hmm. lot of penalties because if I'm an attacker, I'll just do what Mitrovic is, grab him, and then just throw myself to the ground. Because that's exactly I what know, happened. He basically, he basically suplexed him but made it look like it was a foul on Lipson
0: is, This is the new simulation to get pens. This seems to be a trend. Like we said footballers
1: we said last week honestly
0: we're so on it with what actually is going to happen we should actually open up a fucking no actually I'm going on a tangent no we shouldn't open anything we should do a podcast about football. Um, but Amen. I feel like it's going to happen isn't it? It's, people are going to look at Andres Pereira get inspired by that and that's going to be the new way to get an easy goal and maybe you know this Fulham know all about it right (laughs) so maybe they were like right Andreas feel bad for you son we're going to try it this match against Bournemouth if we need to and they did and it worked and I agree I, I wouldn't say it's I just don't know how How are you supposed to defend someone in the box without using your arms there's going to be an element of of holding right it's just it's always been like that in football you know
1: yeah I totally agree and then I mean how does it how does it work in the future because if there's like four people grappling does that mean it's four pens? I know that's really stupid, but you know what I mean? This could just spiral out of control quite quickly. Mm. every corner, it's another penalty. And it just mm. really gets out of hand. Because if someone's holding you, and you're like that, and then they fall over, maybe they're still going to get a pen. There's no, they don't get penalised, really, do they? No. It's only the defenders. Attackers can kind of do what they want. Unless they fail the goalie, they're basically... Yeah, at attackers ropes. can basically...
0: So, I mean, if I was an attacker, I'd just run into my marker and then fall over and just hope.
1: Yeah, we we'll just keep doing it, like the guy did against Pereira. Yeah, that's um, a good point, good point. But yeah, for Fulham, um, I said it a few weeks ago, I think after their flying start, they're going to struggle now. The drop they're off. So much of it, decisions started to go against them, and they were lucky to get anything out of this game, I thought. Um, but yeah, they need to get another win on the board, I think, soon, because what you don't want as a team that's had a really good start and come up, and we've seen it so much with teams like Wigan in the past... Um, and other teams like that, is that you rack up a load of points early on, even mm. Brentford last season, and then once the slide happens, the pressure really builds very quickly. You go from sitting in eighth to sort of 15th, and then it's only five points away from the relegation zone, the pressure just starts mounting, mounting, mounting. So they just want to try and get a couple more points and get a win in their next game, so just make sure they're always at arm's length and it doesn't get too on top. I because agree. they can get dragged into it very easily.
0: They have one win in five now, three losses, one draw longer with that win so yeah Marco Silva needs to as you say get some points in the ball before we break up for that World Cup I do want to say on Bournemouth's recent form though from the last five games are unbeaten it's an unbelievable job that Gary, Gary O'Neill's doing there um,
1: mate six games six games unbeaten now Six It's the longest it's oof. the longest unbeaten streak current unbeaten streak in the league
0: oof I mean pff, we'd written their obituaries after 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 the 9-0 hammering so to see them in 10th place level on Best points with the Liverpool
1: league, mate, crazy the most informed team I know
0: so yeah credit to him I mean I'm surprised he hasn't been has he been offered the full time job yet
1: I don't think so which is criminal give him give him the job like he has to give him the job just the what end of the season what is going on there though crazy.
0: they've had ages to find someone so they must be just letting him run until the end of the season now surely
1: I think they're just happy with how it's going they don't have to give him a contract everyone seems happy just deal with it when it becomes a problem. Maybe they're just waiting for it to go wrong and then they'll just get rid of it.
0: True. I mean, if it's not broke, don't fix it. And long may continue if you're on board level for Bournemouth. Especially with the but takeover. But really well. Match. Yeah. It'd, it'd like, be harsh. Solidly, it'd be so the harsh.
1: Solid in defence. Yeah, it'd be so harsh. They, they honestly look like a different team. Um, Doesn't, doesn't reflect well on Scott Parker. Is I'm no. Saying.
0: I think Scott Parker's going to have to be consigned to championship level manager. Because... Yeah. He could not. He could not get a tune out of this squad like Gary is. But hey, long may it continue. Love to see it. Love to see it from Bournemouth. Uh, Amen. Other teams on the south coast. Let's go to Brentford versus Brighton. Two nil. Two goals from Tony. And it was a zesty little match. I feel like the managers it really was, hated each other, didn't they? <laughs> I feel was,
1: like there's a little. There, there's a derby bubbling here. I think there's, there's potential for a derby bubbling. Something I know going, going on traditionally, yeah. but I feel like. A, both of their names sound quite similar and because they've both been similarly successful in exceeding expectations in non-traditional big clubs that have come up and play really good football they're almost competing to be the same team to exist in the same sort of sphere of how we think about them it's just Mm -hmm. nice football, good team, well-run club Mm -hmm. and it's who is the better one who is the alpha um, best-run club and it's Brentford basically it's Brentford today
0: Brentford today um, Thomas Frank's doing a wonderful job I didn't realise this is like his first or second job in, in, in managing he's yeah, yeah, fast yeah, yeah. proving he a, himself
1: he was the assistant manager under Dean Smith at Bournemouth previously and then he took the reins after Dean Smith left
0: yeah that's wild it's wild I actually really like him he's a funny character to have in the Brent um, he's
1: zany I think is the most yeah
0: man. zany as fuck <laughs>
1: because he, he's the closest manager since Le Prof Arsene Wenger to be a genuine sort of academic or professor-looking guy.
0: Oh, mm, well, he looks like a philosophy lecturer at sixth form. So it's so yeah, funny seeing him in the dugout.
1: He looks slightly mad as well, which is definitely like I a think he is. I think professor. he is, to be He honest. just looks slightly mad.
0: He is slightly mad, and I think he suits Brentford to the ground. He almost has that siege mentality with Brentford. Sorry, That's it, Brentford, not Rome. Um And yeah, you know, Brentford are becoming a very established... Premier League team, Alak on Southampton when they first came up and started you know, banging out. Um oh, I agree. In no small part to obviously Ivan Tony, so let's get on to the big man. Mm-hmm. He's a good player, isn't he?
1: He's a very, very good player. Um the first goal was a wonderful move and Buomo gets you know, gets away from two defenders and really nice footwork. Slides a nice ball down the line, um mm. to Onyeka, who cuts back to Tony. Who just back back flicks it in not even a back hill so
0: lick. nonchalant isn't he
1: yeah just so effective just the sign of a player who's really playing um, at the peak of their confidence at the moment yeah absolutely and nothing summed that up more than the second goal just another unerringly confident penalty um, his technique is really really something special and yeah he's now I think 24 out of 25 pence converted that's um,
0: crazy that's a crazy crazy record that
1: he's just adding pounds to his price tag every game at the moment Um, you feel like there's going to be a lot of interest in him in the summer Mm. Um, because he's at a good age he's 25, 26 he's English and he's proving that he's got a lot of assets in his game you know he's not just a goal scorer he can do set-pieces he can hold up play he can assist he works hard I can see him you know in a lot of teams actually I can see him
0: at United I just don't think he will move though purely because it's a bit like Danny Ings you know, he when he gets that big move, you'll probably just—I don't know, I don't know. I feel like he's having a purple patch as a striker, but he's been doing it for years. To be fair to him, whether it's lower league or not. So, yeah, interesting. If he goes to the World Cup and has a good, a good game, then a good game, a good tournament, then yeah, it's gonna be a could, lot of noise. He should be playing in Europe, you know. And
1: yeah, it'd be interesting to see, wouldn't it? Like how how high is his ceiling? Because you don't really know yet. What could he do? But he's got eight goals in ten games. He's the third highest goal scorer in the Prem this season so far, behind Harland and Kane. That's so he's a really, a really impressive. Good
0: company. He's nailed on for a spot in Qatar, isn't he?
1: Surely. I mean, who else? As much as I like Danny Ings, when that time has passed. No, no. And
0: I, mean, bit I can't hit a barn door at the moment, so none of them are going.
1: Exactly. Yeah. It's just between him and Tammy, really.
0: Mm. Mm. A word of Derby: First three games, two losses, One draw. But in every game, interestingly, the the XG, Brighton's XG, has outperformed their opponents. So the Maverick is well and truly in place. I think it's just they need to be a bit more clinical, basically. I
1: mean, what what can you say? It's just Brighton. I reckon he's putting his hair out. He's realised that he's taken the perfect job, but also the cursed job in that everything's there for him to succeed, but they can't score any goals. So it all just makes it even worse. That they play really well and everything looks great and then they don't pick up any points it's
0: actually quite a lot to live up to obviously with Potter because Potter obviously did yeah. an ex- excellent job so maybe it's a bit of a poison challenge but we'll give him time it's nice to see him in the Prem um, can only spice up your life now let's move on Southampton won West Ham won um, it's not the most exciting game was it
1: no not really I mean I thought I just assumed that West Ham would win this pretty comfortably so it's a good point for Southampton I think Mm. What do you think about um, the build-up for the Southampton goal? Bowen was blocked by the referee Ooh. in the build-up. And then so, Perrault just took a shot, which was deflected as well. So, lots feel, of bad uh, luck for West Ham this season. If Arsenal are the luckiest team, West Ham have to be the most unlucky team this season. It's a like, really There was a Chelsea moment, there was like, ridiculous pens against them. I really feel for West Ham. They've had at least six points taken from them, I reckon.
0: To be honest... I'm actually going to stick to my philosophy about this and say that the ref didn't ruin the game here because Bowen should have just fucking run through him. You know, like it's too nice. I Love to see if that, that was Martin I would have Keown, would to see Didier that. Drogba, Tony Adams, they would have just gone through him, mate. <laughs> you know, like if refs in the way, the ref's, it's ref's fault. He's in the way. It's up to you as a player to make sure that you know the opposing team doesn't get advantage. and It was very unfortunate because the referee didn't actually touch the ball, so therefore he can't actually stop the game. He probably could have. And I think he mm. should have, but it's not like if a referee touches the ball, then it goes to a drop ball, doesn't it, straight away by the letter of the law. So I think Bowen's mistake was expecting the referee to get out of the way and appeal to him, should have just charged for him, two-footed him and got the ball out. The referee yeah. can you know, have a sore ankle. Simple as that. You That's can't blame Southampton. Take... You know what I mean? You can't blame no, Southampton no, 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 for no, taking no, advantage either.
1: Babe, Southampton have to do what they can. They're not very good in front of girls, so any luck they can get, they have to, they have to capitalise on it. Mm. Um, I mean
0: it was so unfortunate though wasn't
1: it it was I agree and yeah I was going to say Southampton I thought they were actually pretty good you never know what you're going to get with them Che Adams was causing major headaches with his running and pressing but he's just not a very good goal scorer Um, and without that it's all kind of nice 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 getting the ball winning it back and then just not scoring so there's almost it's not really a point to some of it sometimes which is harsh but when he's not in these little purple patches kind of doesn't offer enough
0: I say he's a championship level striker if I'm being really really harsh with Shea Adams I mean work, mm. work alone you know at this level especially what Southampton need from their strikers because the goals aren't coming from much uh, anywhere else really Um, but hey he's been there for a while you know he obviously gets on what well, he has the manager's trust and he does bring something to the mm-hmm. game he's a bit like Antonio for West Ham isn't he I would say Antonio's probably a bit more clinical or Actually, he's quite streaky as well, Antonio. I'd say they're quite comparable, I'd, the two strikers.
1: i say he's more like Welbeck currently. Welbeck. Yeah, but he's
0: more muscly and he's more physical
1: than Welbs. Yeah, but they do the same job, just running a lot, being a nuisance and mm-hmm. sort of pressing from the front. Um, the forward, which I do like, Skabaka, He's really growing on me. Yeah, I, I like him. I now feel like he's going to be a hit. I like, the, I like the way that every time he gets the ball, his first thought is just to lash it at full power, just, he's got, got a good what shot in him is. though, isn't he? He's got yeah, a good shot. He's in. just like, you know what, I'm gonna go for it. I don't care if you're open. I don't care, mate, I'm going for it. And I like that. I mean PSG and Arsenal,
0: were, you know, apparently we were circling in the summer, so he's got it in his locker and he's starting to show it. I love his language style as well. Um he yeah. doesn't look like the fastest, but like you say, he's just got a very different skill set to what we're usually used to, so yeah.
1: It's like very much too. a season return of the big striker, isn't it? Mm. It's, it's interesting. He's a very the focal interesting point the team forward. Yeah. I mean, he just reminds me of Nunes and I feel like, honestly, either of, they're basically the same player. Probably the same level, realistically, because I, I know West Ham tried to buy Nunes in January and they were rebuffed because too expensive. So there is a part of me which thinks that maybe Nunes is sort of a West Ham level striker and Skamaka is the same. They both have more levels, but I just think they're basically the same. If anything, Skamaka's got a better shot on him. So... Not ideal.
0: Mm. Mm. I'm, I'm happy to see how it progresses with him for sure.
1: Yeah. Um, penalty not given for a grapple and throw on Suchek Exactly the same as Mitrovic's one. West yeah. Ham have been robbed again. Maddening. Inconsistency Cannot catch a break.
0: Again. Yeah. I feel like, yeah, you're right. If you're a West Ham fan, you'd be feeling like you've been extremely hard done by this season so far.
1: There's at least three or four games where they've been fully, fully mugged off by the referees and then there was another game where they hit the bar four times yeah
0: Nottingham Forest lol I feel like with these grapples, something does this needs to be addressed pretty soon like we can't be having this conversation every week about these half like players need there needs to be clarity on on what's a foul in the box it's it's the next thing like handballs and that need to be sorted out big time in my opinion
1: I don't even know how you fix it because you just have a no zero tolerance policy like handball and then it's just like unlimited pens or do you just say it's fine unless it's like around the throat or whatever i think like if you're if you're literally holding someone like that it's a foul if you've got your
0: arms wrapped around them and holding them from making the run but if you're using your arms to kind of block them then i think that should be allowed i know it's not as simple but with the ar like this surely it should be able to determine what exactly is a foul what isn't like i've seen some where you know they're literally the the attacker's trying to run and the guy's just got around the waist just looking at the attacker that's a foul that's a foul yeah because you're not yeah. trying to play the ball but if you're both tussling for the ball that's coming in you're looking at the ball you're using your arms I don't know like if that's the case like you say it's going to be a penalty every game so I don't know I don't know what to say about that and at fancy the moment football. there seems to be a penalty every game and people trying for it so
1: 100% fancy football players just get all the penalty takers in your team this week cause trust it's going to be a bonanza trust this mid-week, I reckon
0: yeah Speaking of actually, let's take a break because the final three games, there is the grand total of one goal between all of them. So we have a very exciting final section for you. See you shortly. As always. And welcome back to the final part from the Backseat Football Podcast. We are going to run through the final three games from the Premier League weekend. So without further ado, Jack, what have we got?
1: Wolves won, Nottingham Forest nil. A tale of two penalties. <laughs> Quite literally, Jesus wept. <laughs> I know, shocker. Um, generally about Wolves, this is their fourth goal of the season, so fourth goal in what ten games or nine games now. That just tells the story of why they're so low down the table. Just rubbish. <sighs> they cannot score goals Sets
0: for weeks. They cannot score for the life of them. With all those players as well. Yeah. They should be getting more than four goals.
1: Especially, yeah. Oh, as I'm pretty sure that at least two of the goals have been Neves. One of has been a Neves from outside the box, and one's a Neves penalty. Yep. So he's probably their top scorer. Well,
0: he has to be. He has to be. Not good. Yeah. Not good, man. Four goals in ten games. That is a lot. At least we know. You can't. You
1: know, we know what's wrong with Wolves. They just need a goal scorer. Yeah. And they've been unfortunate in that the guy they bought got injured Jimenez is just you know he's a victim of that horrific injury that he suffered yeah and Costa's just he's just aged so I don't really know what they can do they need like an emergency loan signing of someone realistically
0: yeah I mean they're just gagging for the World Cup to come aren't they so they can just reassess um
1: I still feel like they'll be
0: fine Wolves me too I think there's enough quality they just need someone to unlock them at least for this season and they can pl- sort of start planning long term I think the main thing now for Wolves is just to make sure that they, they retain their Premier League status by the end of the season
1: yeah I, I totally agree I totally agree um, the rumours of Nino Espirito Santo coming back to Wolves as their manager personally mental, it? I'm not a fan
0: yeah, it's mental. it's mental. I mean, you literally agreed to... He had a good season and, and they parted ways because they wanted more attacking foot. Do you know what I mean? They wanted to evolve. Yeah. And now they're devolving back to Nuno because evolving wasn't possible with the <laughs> managers they went for. I understand like the manager market is pretty... There's a dearth right now for, for available managers that Wolves would be interested in. But all the same, it's so uninspired to go back to Nuno, isn't Just it? Just get
1: Club Brugge's manager, mate. He's doing bits.
0: Got the bald white yeah. man.
1: Just get mysterious bald <laughs> white man number three. Get him in. I know he's not Portuguese but just get him in. Or get Lisbon's manager. Yeah.
0: Ruben. Yeah. Although, I think he's too expensive though.
1: Yeah, he's probably having too much fun actually. But yeah. yeah. I mean there's always Sean Dyche guys. Sean Dyche is always there.
0: Waiting in the wings is our Shawnee. He's always on that Dyche list. ball. At the Molyneux, oh God! <laughs> Love to see I mean, that's it. one way to not score any more goals.
1: Another Midlands gig, yeah, but they wouldn't concede any goals. that'd oh, be brilliant. That actually makes the most sense of any of the Shaw Diage clubs that I've I've uh, speculated about.
0: It makes sense if you can't score, then you may as well not concede. Exactly,
1: so. grind them out. Um, yeah, I feel that. David Traore had a good game. It's always nice to see him when he's in full flight because he's not he's not in full flight very often. Um, but I just, I like him. You know, I like him. He's one of my favourite players. He's just ridiculous. He's a beast. He won the penalty just, as well, which broke the deadlock. So, it's just, yeah.
0: True. Yeah, it's nice. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's been so long since he's just been an influence in the game at all. I really do feel like that Barca spell's ruined him, to be honest.
1: Yeah, but he he's. Um, ever since Jimenez got injured, that was his link up. It was Damo getting to the byline and crossing and Jimenez heading it in. And since then, he just hasn't found a connection with anyone else, really.
0: Oh, but remember he was tearing up Man City, just slapping it in from outside the box. What yeah. happened to that Adama?
1: Well, he's like some Maximan. He'll have these ridiculous 10 out of 10 games and then slide back into mediocrity for like five, six games.
0: Mm. He, I think everyone was just like so wowed by the baby oil and his muscles. I like this guy. This, this guy. Well, yeah. Never <laughs> seen anything he's like an it. elite. No, exactly. i mean, this guy's so big so fast. A quick word on Nottingham, it just gets more and more worrying, doesn't it?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think if they are to survive, what they need to do is just settle on a first team now and just risk the unhappy dressing room because, look, they brought this situation on themselves. They brought in, what, 20 players. People are going to be unhappy either way. And mm. right now, I feel like it's better to just be grinding out results with a settled team that can actually get to know each other and just sacrifice the dressing room than just have have everyone unhappy and and just go down. They've they've absolutely fucked it. And we all thought this would happen. And the irony is that they got rid of the people in charge of their scouting and transfers. They fired them.
0: After they signed 20 players.
1: Yeah, which is a really bad vote of confidence for any of those players that are there.
0: Just smacks of like, what the F are they doing? Yeah. Like, it's going to be a massive hole financially if they go down. Which is becoming more and more likely as they're not picking up four... I mean, it's going to take a whole season just to get them playing as a team. Or even just getting them to learn the same fucking language, yeah. you know? It's like, did no one foresee that maybe this is a problem? I mean, even... I'm going to reference it again, but football manager in the menu screen says, you know, don't sign too many players because it may take them time to... Do you know what I mean? Like, this is like basics 101. I just don't know who's advising who, to be honest, because... I think it's clear as day that this was going to be a real realistic problem. I think what's
1: happened is that whoever's in charge of transfers got very carried away with having suddenly 150 mil instead of like 20 mil to spend. And they suddenly could attract Mm. all these Champions League players and they were like, we should do it. We should just do it. What could go wrong? These are Champions League players.
0: Man, the mind boggles. You do wonder who's in charge of all these transfers. Like, it was so illogical from the start. And they're just rooted at the bottom. I think, I can't see them climbing out. I think at
1: this point they're donezo, They're... They're nailed on at this point. It looks bad. And it's gonna be very unpleasant to unpick all of this after that. Um mm,
0: well, Steve Cooper's signed to twenty five now, so Yeah.
1: Not looking his good. Job. Not looking good for them. Um right, Manchester United nil, Newcastle nil, boring. That's that's it. Here's Worrying. Boring.
0: Worrying. Boring, boring football. I mean Ten Hag tried to take the positives from this. Uh, and I guess you could say defensively they were solid but literally no threat just nothing nothing up front for them um, not really oh, is it I just don't know where to begin United are just it's its so unexciting I think Ten Hag again it's, it's a project this season just to get them playing how he wants to play and getting the right personnel in he's obviously not quite there up front is it Martial being out hasn't helped at all and Ronaldo's clearly not that man is he
1: no I mean I I'm always struck by how little Ronaldo actually runs Apart um, apart from minutes to try and you know get a goal. That's the only time he runs, and it? It, it's yeah, actually of crazy, of course. Because you think it's a joke, okay, and then saying. you watch him and you're like, no, he actually doesn't do anything. I mean, Sancho and Anthony looks quite bright, and you feel like longer term, there's there's the bones of a good front line there. But yeah, until they get a striker, it's just going to be much of the same. They don't seem on the same wavelength as Ronaldo. But Master Day did pick up an interesting point in that you've got one of the best headers of all time in the box, and. They very rarely got to the byline and just crossed it into a position for him to actually attack it. They were just cut back it's to the edge of the It's not part of Ten Hag's play. And that's what happens with inverted wingers. Is that play goes around the box a lot more often than it just goes over and into the box. So maybe something to think yeah, about the, switching them, switching the wingers.
0: On the Peter Crouch podcast, he does say that. He says when he first started football, you know, the main point of the strike was to get in the box and wait for the ball to come in with these new inverted wingers, which everyone plays, Salah, mm-hmm. Saka, uh, Martinelli, they all cut in, you know? So, the the role of the centre forward has changed massively, which is why I think people like Kane thrive, because they're able to drop deep and, you know, do all this new stuff. But I think for someone like Ronaldo, who, even though he was left winger for most of his career, right now, he is an out-and-out striker, isn't he? Yeah. Because he can't run. He's a wagon. You know? So, yeah. So,
1: all you need is just crosses in the box, I'd say. Um... Mm. Anything contentious? I mean, the offside goal that Ronaldo... Was it offside? Oh, oh no. It was but, a weird but, very one, pinched that. It off, oh, it's just made me laugh. Made me I laugh. mean,
0: United have a penchant for trying to get goals like that. And I think it's quite funny that that's how desperate they've become.
1: Yeah, you know, especially Ronaldo. Like really. Him of so many goals to get this annoyed about a goal that was clearly not legit
0: I do get it though I don't know the goal. The referee had his hand up the whole time though. I don't know if that means like the play is out of play still but the guy does knock it back to Pope I can see why you might go for it because when he was out you, I don't know if you remember that famous goal that Nani scored which was very similar back in the day when he was at United end of the day maybe he wasn't but you just
1: can't let goals like that happen because it's way more controversial to let it happen than it is to just call it off Like it's a yeah, nothing thing everyone knows but I
0: mean for me I feel like had it been given I don't think Newcastle could have complained too much
1: oh I don't know that's generally how I I feel
0: that's really how I feel obviously they can complain and say this is like a ridiculous way it's very like it's it's unsporting as fuck but I don't know was it Fabian shot. he did knock it back to Pope who then stood there for ages
1: yeah but so if he throws it then it doesn't count but if he kicks it then it could count is I guess the line here
0: yeah, I, can, I mean, look, Ronaldo's used experience I thought, right, let's just give it a go. Because the worst I can say is no, isn't it? Yeah. You don't ask, you don't get, kind of vibe. But yeah, I did think they were risking a lot Newcastle by doing stuff like that. But on a whole, can I just say Newcastle are officially the uh, best defensive team so far on the Prem with the least goals the conceded. Sale? They they pressed, they pressed, they pressed. Um, and I think they're unlucky. You could say that Rashford at the end probably should have won it with that header. But then you could also say Jonathan should have had that should have had a go.
1: Oh, Joinington! Oh, man. Everyone's favourite midfielder. That was actually so funny. Yeah. Because it's just like you're reminded yeah. that he's actually cursed. There's a reason he's a midfielder because how he's managed to hit the crossbar and the post twice with two different. The efforts, second one with the post. You like, should have buried that. He's actually cursed. This guy's cursed. He does everything right and then this happens. He just can't catch a break and just made me laugh.
0: See, all I say, the saving grace is really Is that a nil-nil benefits Arsenal and Liverpool so much As opposed to any team winning So yep. I can't say I'm too unhappy with the result But I do love seeing Man United go through trauma Yeah, well, uh, it's,
1: not, it's not major trauma like we used to This is more just apathy It's just kind of flat, mid tableish So of these two teams, who do you think will finish higher this season?
0: Honestly, I think there's more about Newcastle Based off the first ten games of the season for me um, it just depends if Ten Hag c- can continue evolving the team, but at this time, I think, on their day, Newcastle have way more attack and threat about them, and defensively, they're stronger as well. So, yep,
1: yeah, I think that's a very fair assessment, and you wouldn't bet against Newcastle getting a lot stronger in January either, as well.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, bear in mind that this fixture last year it was 4-1 Man United, Ronaldo scoring two, and Newcastle were nowhere near it, so they've come on leaps and bounds Newcastle they do not look out of place playing against Man United and going toe-to-toe as they did against City and as they will against all of the big teams this year so. Yeah,
1: they were they were phenomenal against us we only just scraped a win in very fortunate circumstances mm. so yeah. they're a threat respect to Eddie Howe Eddie Howe who would have thought he'd have the best defensive team trust Doing bit Trust,
0: like you said maybe managers can learn a thing or two he's still young though Eddie isn't he he's still, he's still young, evolving mate. managers can learn a lot you he's, learn a lot more from the bad, a, the
1: bad moments don't you in life than the good moments you learn what you're bad he's at our, quicker
0: yeah he's our Julian Nagelsman, isn't he mm-hmm. he's our project manager the young boy
1: to England next perhaps
0: would love to see it I'd love to see yeah, it yeah
1: but he's got quite the project unfortunately um, alright last game Leicester 0 Crystal Palace nil. um I thought James Madison. Everything just goes through him at Leicester. And at the moment, Leicester do look a bit like a one-man team. You know They're looking for him to have that moment of inspiration each time, whether it's scoring a goal, Mm. creating a goal. And it's possible that because Leicester have had such a bad start, all of their players are very low on confidence. And Madison is the only one who maintains a certain degree of self-confidence in himself, no matter what the situation. And so he's slightly more unaffected by it all.
0: I think that's fair I don't think he he thinks about team form he just yeah concentrates on him I worry that in January if he goes to Newcastle or a team like it then Leicester are so screwed
1: they actually could be done because it seems like they're not going to fire Rodgers because they don't want to spend the money but the longer they leave it Rodgers doesn't tend to turn around bad situations once they go bad he's never actually done it at any club so I don't know man this could get out of hand and then they fire him anyway but they're like 9 points from safety
0: I just don't think going down to the championship was in the script for the club from a boardroom level so they I just how long are they going to leave it you know this is a game again that Leicester need to win (laughs) they need to win games like this Palace at home Palace are a good team but if they're not going to beat teams at home in Palace's position I'm just worried like what teams are they capable of beating they just look so shorn of confidence at the moment um yeah. But it's just so frustrating It's extra frustrating Because the team The players that they have Are clearly better Than the position They find themselves in
1: I totally agree I totally agree I mean yeah They've got Harvey Barnes Who looks good um, I feel like he needs to Play well For the foreseeable In order to give them A chance to get out Of the relegation zone Patson Dacca looks quite good like, I like the way mm. That he always just he's just A proper goal scorer He always wants to Run in behind mm. But unfortunately He's a poacher. His finishing is just Not as good as Vardy's And so Trying to replace Vardy's Sort of half chance maybe it's that Inversion as well rate. we're
0: finally seeing the the decline of Big Vard Big Vardy can't replace him. and maybe that's taken its toll because like you say his goals he scored a lot of goals for Leicester in the Prem
1: he scores all the goals you know like half chances tap-ins he's he's, he's horrendous to play against as well replacing Vardy is probably mm. the biggest job they've had but doesn't excuse conceding so many goals every game I mean maybe that's a positive in this game that it was nil-nil but I think that's more that Palace just didn't turn up they were pretty poor throughout the game and I liked Patty V's post-match interview where he said Palace played with the handbrake on which is a very nice nod to the famous Arsene Wenger handbrake off quote.
0: Mate, like father like son. Exactly. <laughs> uh,
1: last week Gareth Southgate was in the stands for this game as well. Having a look at players like Madison, Eze, Barnes, Geahy, yeah. Mitchell, James Justin. Do you think any of them impressed him? Do you see any of them getting into that squad?
0: I feel like He's nailed on because he likes Gayhee. And Maybe Mitchell didn't impress in this game, but I think Mitchell sh- should definitely be considered for a left-back slot yeah. going into the World Cup because I think he's a very exciting left-back as well. Yeah. Again, this was Eze's platform to shine um, and he wasn't able to unlock maybe one of the worst offences currently in the Prem, so I'm not sure it's done him any favours. And I really can't say that Leicester players have, have impressed at all. Yeah. I mean, Harvey Barnes is a great player to look at, but you've just got so much talent in midfield that well, it's, it's especially not left-wing. enough just to play well.
1: Madison is the only one, I think, who... Madison Madison should be in the squad, I think. He's more it would be
0: a criminal, wouldn't it? It's just a question of who do you drop. Yeah. Unless you take one less right-back and one more midfielder, but that's too crazy for Southgate. Well,
1: you say this, but he's running out of right-backs pretty quickly, so... All I'm saying is Trent is nailed on, man. Trent's going. Whether he likes it or not.
0: I worry about Trent, though. (laughs) If he likes it or not, literally. (laughs) Trent, man, like, if he's not playing, though maybe you I don't know I can't wait for the squad to be announced I'm mean, i getting excited for the World Cup now I really am
1: it's going to be good we're going to be covering all of the World Cup on this podcast we're going to be going in um, you think think you've had coverage from other podcasts but this, this is going to be disgustingly comprehensive maybe there's going to be too much content but you know that's what we do we always give you more because more is more
0: more is more and speaking of more I actually have more to
1: add to this section oh my god wow <laughs>
0: quick brief run through through the Classico obviously I've only watched the highlights but Barcelona looks shite don't they I think they failed in what they were trying to do with these levers um,
1: I mean everyone I feel like Real Madrid played
0: play. at 70% well apparently Barcelona didn't <laughs> so they've come off a really bad week yeah so their plan was sign all these amazing players get to at least the Champions League, Champions League quarters um, and challenge for La Liga and this week has shown that they're so far off doing either of those things mm. uh, it's now out of their hands to qualify for Champions League so have they accounted for the fact that they're gonna, they might have to drop to Europa League and what does that mean for their finances because you know they're walking on a tightrope the whole time um, and yeah like I said Real Madrid looked like they played at 70% Like after going 2-0 up it just didn't look bothered I was like, yeah fuck it we're going to win and then Barca scored, and then they just want to score another one, you know. Like mm. that's how easy it is. And are we seeing La Liga finally in decline? I wonder.
1: Well, I think Barcelona. I don't think Barcelona can come back from this. I think they've honestly gone too far. I think the the financial situation means that they're probably they're probably done. Like it's not out of the realms of possibility I, I know. that the club has to actually I fold know. and be. I could see it happening at some point because. It's so badly managed at the top that if this was in League One, this would be one of those clubs that yeah, this gets wound up for serious financial. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. oh, oh, yeah. If this was in England, it'd be like Derby. You know, they'd be have points deducted. Yeah. You know, they'd be dropping down the leagues, and yeah, like you say, they would have been wound up. Um, I mean, they just. I do feel they're gonna have
1: to sell Gavi and Pedri for a shit ton just to balance the books.
0: No, Frankie. Frankie. They, they got Frankie in the in the crosshairs. Frankie De Jong. <laughs> They're gonna force this poor man out one way or the other. Uh, oh, God. Oh, I forgot Jesus. about that. I forgot
1: about that whole bullying scandal. But yeah, Pedri's the one, mm. isn't he? Pedri is such a good player.
0: This is what I mean. Like, a lot of other teams could be licking their lips. Like we're gonna absolutely shank Barcelona at the moment that they can no longer afford to keep these players on. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, there's questions now being asked of Xavi. Whether Chavi's up to the up to the task, that's how bad the performance was from the Classico really. Mate, another um, ex
1: midfield manager in a top flight job. It's a real trend at the moment.
0: Mm, I think they've got to give him time, haven't they? They've got a stick. They've got a. He hasn't been there long enough. And fair enough, they've invested heavily in the summer. Maybe they don't have time, but it just it just seems like a never ending cycle. If they fire Chavi, their prodigal son. You
1: yeah, know? generally their, their manager appointments are quite they're quite different to most other clubs they're really big on style as opposed to reputation it has to align with the Barcelona style Mm. so Mm
0: -hmm.
1: (sighs) call me radical but Marcel Bielsa get him in
0: that would be cool that would be really cool absolute Maverick. I wonder where Bielsa is going to go next oh sorry lads I've just absolutely walloped Mike. I wonder where Bielsa is actually going to go next I don't know he's taking his time hasn't he I guess Leeds really took it out of him
1: Again, post-World Cup, England. I'd love to see it. Why not? It'll be fun. We'd have a great time.
0: I'd love to see it too. I'd love to see it too, actually. Yeah. The press conferences would be out of this world.
1: It's just there. <laughs> with a the translator. Oh, it'd be brilliant.
0: That's so good. That's so good. So yeah, watch that space with Barcelona. Maybe they'll get wound up before the end of the season. Um so what have we got next on the schedule Jack I can't even remember what the football is there's more football this week isn't there
1: so yeah coming up later in the week we've got midweek games starting tonight and tomorrow um, of the Prem so it's non-stop non-stop Prem action and content
0: actually is relentless isn't it it's absolutely relentless but we're here for it gang we're going to do this until we are physically unable to do it anymore which I can't see happening anytime soon unless we get
1: an unfortunate (laughs) injury that puts us out for the next few months Pulled hamstring. Yeah, and, you ligament know, damage. We
0: might not get on the plane to Qatar at this rate. We might have to sub in our uh, Chelsea analyst, Joe. At <laughs> Joe uh, this rate, we've got f- running myself into the ground. We've
1: got a few on the bench. We've got we've got a stellar lineup for the World Cup because we need more bodies, high quality voices in the football world.
0: We love to see it. We love to see it. what have we got tonight then? Brighton Forest, Palace Wolves. Nothing too exciting then, is it? Harsh, Nothing too exciting. Harsh. harsh, harsh, but. What else have you got? Is there more tomorrow then, you say? Yeah, oh, Liverpool, West Ham right. tomorrow. Arsenal. Arsenal City postponed. That's so sad. Ooh, man, you Tottenham tomorrow. That's going to be a juicy one. <sighs> That's going to be a juicy it's gonna game It's going to be a
1: horrible 1 0 to Tottenham. I'm calling it now a horrendous 1 0.
0: <sighs> yeah, I can see. I think Tottenham are more likely to win it, unfortunately. Hopefully, another third to draw. Yeah. God, the games are coming thick and fast, aren't they? Jesus, man. That's crazy, that schedule. That is absolutely wild looking at this. I know, I
1: know.
0: Wow. I just don't know how we're going to fit these games in.
1: We're going to do our best. Can't wait. But yeah, anyway, let's wrap up this episode for now and we'll be back later on in the week.
0: As always, thank you for listening. Follow the socials at From the FromTheBackseat, some sort of variation of that. Um, and yeah, see you soon. Have a good week, Jack.
1: Thank you very much, you too.